Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we are live on YouTube and SoundCloud and ChrisAnnHall.com and iTunes and Google Music Play and Jesus Pod. I didn't know Jesus Pod is really cool. So if you uh, need to find us, if this is the first time you're listening, if this is the first time you're watching us on YouTube, if you want to get the show uh, Monday through Thursday, and again on Saturday, then find us there. Uh, We have had a great week here in Texas. We are flying home today and have a couple meetings in Florida on Friday teaching at a school Friday morning. I love teaching at the schools, the reaching the young people. You know, JC, that's where the victory and liberty comes. Sure. It comes by training up the counterculture to the generation of people that the public school system, the government school system, it's not even public anymore, is it? It's, it's government school system is, is raising up. That's, that's why we have uh, such a vast population, and you can't really claim it's a generation. I hate right. blaming all of this on the millennials because it's not just the millennials who want Ocasio-Cortez to run for president. No, it's true. not just the millennials who are happy that Kamala Harris has uh, announced that she's running for president. And this is, this is generations of people generations of people who who believe uh, America is not what it is or perhaps um, want America to be something that it's not because they don't understand the principles that we were uh, that we were uh, created under and what's ironic to me JC is that what they really are looking for, well, I don't know. Do you think that what they're really looking for is what we really should be? Or are they looking for socialism and they just don't know any better? No clue. No clue? <laughs> You're clueless as to what I, the people want. <laughs> I, well, you, what are they looking for? Yeah, I That's, mean. I mean, I don't know. If I knew that, maybe I'd have the answer to, you know, make it go away. Well, I have the answer to make it go away. The, right. the answer to make it go away is the uh, proper education. It's here 
because we have taught people that communism is the key to happiness, that Marxism is the desired government, that with the Bolsheviks, right? Didn't they brainwash people too? Well, of course. Well, but see, then that's the problem because we have a society that believes a lot of things that just aren't. So I think what Ronald Reagan said, uh, my Democrat friends uh, believe a lot of things that just aren't so. I think it's not just Democrats anymore. I think Liberal, it's, I think you said. Did he say liberal? Well, I don't even think it's liberal. Um, I think you can find people believing the wrong things on both sides of the track. And I think that's something that's important for us to understand because we become those people who, who are, are calling themselves conservatives, they become our own worst enemy. And the case in point here is Kamala Harris. Kamala, I think is her name. Kamala. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Okay. So Kamala Harris running for president. And now that Kamala Harris is running for president, uh, we are getting a lot of contact on social media about whether she is eligible to run for president or not. And so then we come uh, back up to this discussion that we had when Barack Obama was running for president, when Marco Rubio was running for president, when Ted Cruz was running for president uh, about the natural born citizen status. And Kamala Harris her background is she is the daughter of her husband or her father was Jamaican. Okay. Her mother Indian. She was born in the United States, but her parents were not citizens at the time of her birth. And as a matter of fact, there is no indication whatsoever that her mother ever became a citizen of the United States. Wow. Uh, well, isn't that pretty straightforward then? Well, it ought to be pretty straightforward. However, you can't run for president? No, you can't run for president. Okay, so she is not a natural-born citizen. And because... So here we go again. Right, and here's the thing. Not only that, did Kamala Harris ever seek citizenship herself? Because she was born to foreign parents mm -hmm. here in the United States. Being born here does not automatically make you a citizen. So she's what they call an anchor baby? Is she that what would she is? be an anchor baby, yes. And so only the modern interpretation of the 14th Amendment makes Kamala Harris a citizen of the United States. And what is that? The, the modern interpretation of the 14th Amendment is the anchor baby interpretation. Mm. That the 14th Amendment was written to make any child born in the United States of foreign parents, of non-citizen parents, citizens of the United States. But that's not what that's for. The 14th Amendment was to reassert that that. Uh, children born to slaves prior to the Emancipation Proclamation were citizens. Why? Because slaves who became freemen were citizens. Is that what they were using in the that California birthing clinic that was raided? These people were vacationing yes. in America yes. and then having their ba they were, they were 
I guess, scheduling their vacations to coincide with their delivery date so that their children could be American citizens? That's right. That's right. And that is something that our founders warned us against. So you could, you can, under this modern interpretation, so you can show up, have your baby, get a U.S. birth certificate, American birth certificate. Right. Go back and raise that child in the culture and land outside of the U.S. all their life. All their life. And then they could come back here Claim and citizenship. run for president. And under, under this premise that Kamala Harris is eligible to run for president, under the premise that Barack Obama is eligible to run for president, under the premise that Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio were eligible to run for president, that is actually the truth. Hmm. So... We have failed to teach for a very long that, time. That's the case. That's you're saying. That's under the, the, the interpretation. That is the interpretation. This interpretation, they would they would be a yes. They would be a yes under the modern interpretation of the Fourteenth Amendment. Under the that would be a yes. constitutional interpretation. Under the drafters of the Fourteenth Amendment's interpretation, under the uh, application of the Constitution as it was written, that would be a no. Every one of those people that we just mentioned would not be a natural-born citizen. They may be, okay? So they may be citizens. I don't know if Kamala Harris ever formally got her citizenship. I don't know if uh, Ted Cruz ever formally got his citizenship. Well, Ted Cruz would be a citizen because his mother was a citizen at the time of his birth. Okay. Okay? So... Um, Ted Cruz was born in Canada. Mm -hmm. His mother was born in Delaware. Okay. But his father was foreign. Okay, so Ted Cruz has dual set of citizenship, mm -hmm. which means that he's not a natural-born citizen. You cannot be a natural-born citizen and have dual citizenship. Now, you can be a citizen, but not a natural-born citizen because there's a distinct purpose and principle behind the qualification designed in our constitution that the president must be a natural born citizen. Marco Rubio's parents were not citizens when he was born. He was born in the United States to foreign parents. That may make him a citizen, but it does not make him a natural born citizen even under the modern interpretation of the 14th amendment jc if camilla being born here in the united states even though her parents were not citizens makes her a citizen marco rubio whose parents were not citizen born here in the united states if that makes him a citizen that does not make them natural born citizens which is the distinction and the entire reason that the natural born citizen qualification was created was to keep foreign influence out of the executive branch mm -hmm. because the executive branch is the branch. The president, remember, is the representative of the states in making foreign policy. So the president is negotiating with foreign leaders to make foreign policy on behalf of the states. If a president 
is ha, ha, does not have loyalty and and an obedience to the states that uh, is primary to yeah. any other country then we have problems yeah it's it's the split loyalty split, split loyalty fractured split is what of, our, uh, yeah, our founders fractured. called it uh, mm-hmm. what, what 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 would be the word a a uh, a sympathy toward some other country or an adversity right right yes. So in Rubio's, in, in Rubio's case, his hatred for Cuba would give him a bias in creating any kind of policy with Cuba in the future. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. J.C.'s created some really cool new graphics for our YouTube channel. (laughs) and so i want you guys to uh make sure you check us out on youtube and uh we're talking about why uh a a person must be a natural born citizen to be president of the united states i want to read to you what george washington wrote in his farewell address he said against the insidious wiles of foreign influence I conjure you to believe me, fellow citizens, that the jealousy of a free people ought to be constantly awake, and since history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of a Republican government. Washington knew from history that foreign influence is a danger to local property rights to the liberties of the people it is dangerous especially in the realm of the executive branch who is tasked with making foreign agreements so as you said if you have a sympathy for a country maybe you'll hesitate or maybe you'll you'll give that country a better bargain over the welfare of the states i think about Barack Obama's attitude as it exemplifies mm-hmm. the, the modern Democrat Party where he said, you know, oh, we're no more exceptional than Greece or France right. or whatever. Right. So that that sort of attitude. So even even if like some people would say, well, you, you know, you'd point out problems of America. How can you say America's better than this? OK, whether you could argue the point as, you know, true or not true or pick out some detail. You you still want that, I would think, you would want that attitude in a leader, the, the love for your country, and and not have an attitude of, ah, we're no better than anybody else. That's well, right. Why, why would you want to have a leader that that's how he looks at your country? Well, and at and, best, that's how he looks at the country, yeah, so right? Because he, he really, he said some very nasty things about America to begin with. But you find that, that ad- now, I, Ted Cruz and and Marco Rubio don't have that attitude, but you find that in this, the lefties, right? It's kind of like they're building toward this 
when they assault American exceptionalism and and mm-hmm. talk about how bad America is. So once you convince people of that, then you have the attitude of, well, what's the big deal that we have people that weren't from America? Like America's right. no better than anywhere else. Why right. wouldn't you want somebody from some foreign country? So the problem that we have now, JC, is by not understanding and applying the criteria of natural born citizen and making an exception to that principle for Ted Cruz, it undermines a lot of the argument that will come forward with Kamala Harris. Harris. Yeah. It really will. And that's why we are liberty over security, principle over party and truth over personality. You, you, you have to walk that, that line, which makes you maybe not so popular on one side, but then, uh, you know, you're consistent when it comes on the other side. And that's one thing that we've always endeavored that's to hard. do here. It's very hard. Because I like Ted Cruz. I like Ted Cruz. But see, here's the thing. This is another problem. The idea that Ted Cruz moving from the Senate to the presidency is somehow a promotion. I think that's a loss. It is a loss. So I'd rather he stay in the Senate. He is He is a valuable senator. He would be uh, potentially a valuable attorney general. He would be an, uh, He would be a valuable governor of Texas. But to put him in the office of the executive would be to tie his hands. A demotion. It would. It's a demotion. <laughs> I you know the governor of a state is a promotion from presidency. We don't look at it that way, but but it is actually if he, if politically he does, true. Right, if he does what he's what he should do. Right. Absolutely. Governors and so much more so now. Well, governors have more authority unilateral authority than the president does the president cannot constitutionally call up troops for our defense that has to come from the the congress but in the states the governor can call up troops for the defense of their state Mm -hmm. through the militia and the governor uh i mean the governor has so much more authority than a president does and so much more uh power I, think I mean, Cruz the president cert- and the governor can tell the federal government no. Cruz would certainly be a better governor than what Texas has now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we again, According in our to the stance, Texas we talked to. Yeah, we, we tried to, to tell the people, but, you know, it's, like you said, JC, it's hard. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. And uh, I just want everybody to know that if you have questions about the natural born citizen qualification and 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 more importantly the principle and the purpose of creating the qualification of a natural born citizen for the president of the united states you need to go to chrisannhall.com i have an article there which is titled principles and purpose of the natural born citizen limitation this is the founder's perspective 
This is what they tell us in their words why a president must be a natural-born citizen, articulating what we said about the bias, whether good or bad. I'm sure it's in the article, I guess, but what what is – could you – Define. I mean, what is a natural-born citizen according to the founders? According is to the founders, is there a simple definition? Yeah, according to the founders, it's a very simple definition based on history, based on political history, not in in practice, and what they believed as well. Uh, a natural-born citizen is a child born on American soil by two citizen parents. Okay. Because then you don't have that fractured loyalty. You don't have one parent breeding a hatred or a, an, an, a love for another country over that loyalty to the United States. Yeah, that, that, that stuff aggravates me too. I mean, I'm all for pride in your heritage. Like we, mm. we were watching, you know, some people know we're sports fans, UFC yeah. fans, MMA oh, fans. I wondered if you were going to ring this and up. We were, <laughs> I was watching the Cejudo versus Dillashaw fight the other night, uh, which was a travesty. But Cejudo comes in, and Cejudo, the money. Uh, I guess is his heritage is is Mexican or what have mm-hmm. you. Um, but the guy, the guy's an American. He's a U.S. Olympic gold medalist. He won a I gold. I think that was the key for me right there. He, he won a, a gold US medal. Olympic medalist. Yes, he won a gold medal for the United States. Uh as as a uh, uh, wrestler, wrestler, okay, he comes into that fight the other night, and they got the you know the the screens around the arena. It's displaying the Mexican flag. That so he didn't go to the Olympics me. for Mexico. Correct. So we paid for him to go to a, to the Olympics that on behalf off, of man. this country. Yeah. If if I understand, and it he correctly. went there as a gold medalist, stood on that platform while the American anthem played. Yeah, I, 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 on behalf of America. Yes, I, I don't know, but you but see, but individually, that. he does not see himself as American. Apparently, yeah, let, me, let me confirm that that's that's how he. I, if I understand right, he won for America. But you see that stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and. You know, with these guys, a lot of the uh, uh, the the athletes and uh, you know fighters, and they'll come in. Mm-hmm. They're they're Americans. I mean, some of them. I see these. He guys. was born in Los Angeles. Yeah, I see these guys. Uh, yeah, I, I see these guys come in. They're Americans. They're born in America, and mm-hmm. they and they're wearing or waving or carrying, mm-hmm. you know, some other flag. I mean, I get the heritage thing. Right. But come on, particularly if you're a stinking gold medalist for the United States. I mean, what's what's that? That just ticked me off. I don't. I just don't like that. Well, you know, there's um, we are headed down a very dangerous road here uh, in America because we are deviating, not just simply from the Constitution, JC, but from from the principles upon which America was built. I just, I, I stood by in disbelief as Governor Cuomo signed into law in New York a law that mandates that abortion be available up to nine months. Full term, full term abortion mandate in New York. 
And it's not just simply that. I don't know, you know, because we we're not we're not steeped in the news, as it were. I'm not sure how much of this is actually being reported in the mainstream media. But is that the actual signing? That is that is, the picture of signing? Yeah, of that's, that bill. That's the actual. They're well, all grinning like yes, a Cheshire cat. Yes, it's sick. It's very, very sick. It is. Uh, you know, I don't. I look. It's hard to wrap your brain around. It I, really I know is. people who were even uh, sort of ambivalent toward the issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people that you run into over the years who are not you know strongly pro-life or take a particular stance yeah they still have a stance in regards to limitations right. some kind of right. line out there right uh, so i don't even I, I i can't even wrap my brain around this because it has not been i mean abortion traditionally has been a 50 50 split right. but even amongst that when you talk about late-term abortion it was not 50-50. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were not for that uh, by a large majority. So this is mind-boggling to me. Well, here's what, what this bill does, okay? It mandates that healthcare providers perform these abortions whether they want to or not. So if you are licensed to practice medicine in the state of New York today, you will be required to perform an abortion on a full-term child if the parent wants it. And if you do not perform that abortion, your license can be revoked, you can be fined. I I don't know if there's criminal implications, but there are definitely civil implications and a revocation of license that is in, in here. Not only that, JC, this law, establishes that non-healthcare providers can perform abortion. You don't even have to be a trained doctor to murder now. They have literally, uh, you doesn't, I don't know, let me ask you something, JC. Does the fact that you this law establishes that you don't have to be an actual doctor to perform abortion, does that not separate the whole medical nature of the procedure? Yeah. So somebody who is not a doctor can perform an abortion on a child that is a full term. But if you if you try to do any other any other thing that's considered a medical procedure as a non doctor, yes. you're, you're going to jail. Oh, my goodness. In many states, tattoos are illegal unless they're prescribed by a doctor. Now, they don't enforce those laws. Those laws are on the books, but they don't enforce those laws. But nonetheless, we're talking about now wasn't the whole. Uh, OK, so I was I was uh, pro-abortion before my my transformation. And I can tell you that the whole argument for the legalization of abortion was so that women didn't have to go to back alleys with coat hangers and get abortions and die on the streets because they were having abortions by non-medical care and now not in the hospital. Now you've basically legalized the back alley coat hanger guy. You have ba- I Seriously, how can you not see? It's going to cost you to go to the hospital or go to a clinic and Anybody see a do doctor. It. Or you can go to the back alley and get one. This is why this 
this mentality is a mental disorder. This is, is this not the definition of a sociopath? Yeah. I mean, seriously, here's what's happening now in New York. And we, JC, we have so many good friends in New York, so many good people in New York. I literally weep for them today because here's what's happened. The New York law mandates the doctors and the nurses perform these abortions up to nine months, up to full term. If they refuse, they lose their license. So here's the fate of New York. Or you can't get a license. Or you can't get a license. agree to this already. Right. So if you're going into the medical field. Right. That's you, a good you, point. You, you won't get a license. So you have to agree. Um, I mean, this is now a licensure requirement. Right. This is a licensure requirement. No license unless you're willing to do this. So here's what's happening now. In New York, this is your fate. The people uh, who are coming out of medical schools will not take a license in New York. They will go somewhere else. The people who are doctors will retire or they will move somewhere else. All of the moral doctors, all of the decent doctors, all of the non-sociopathic doctors and nurses will leave New York. Well, and that I, means New York will all the healthcare of New York will be left with either people who who are in, in my humble opinion, sociopathic, because I can't even imagine legalizing murder like that. And number two, are willing to compromise one of the greatest principles of life just for a paycheck. I suspect you're going to have some stay and, uh, you know, get ready to sue. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a lawsuit not coming. Somebody's going to be in that position, refuse, and then sue. I mean, that's going to be kind of the last thing. you got to take it all the way through the court, see what the Supreme Court says. Once, If they agree with this, then that's it. Then you're going to have, like you said, complete right. I think you're going to have what you said, like a large majority leave. I think there's going to be you know, a handful stay to refuse. But when that's, that nail is in the coffin, that's it. Well, let's talk about this from a constitutional, a U.S. constitutional perspective. Because remember, a lawsuit between a person and their own state, constitutionally speaking, is not under the jurisdiction of the federal Supreme Court or the federal courts. Yep. Now, it will go that way. Sure. None, no, nonetheless, it will go that way. But constitutionally, strictly speaking, that is not a case of jurisdiction for the Supreme Court. Number two, I have an article that... Well, and, I, and they may not take it. I mean, right. there's no guarantee they yeah. would take it. Well, they and, didn't and take the pre-Planned Parenthood case. Particularly as long as Roberts is there. Yeah. People look at, and, and I think folks are starting mm -hmm. to figure this out. We already said, we've said this before. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things people just, they don't listen. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of those things. So we already said what the court's going to be, what it's not going to be. So people are starting to figure that out. We said right. on shows previously, as long as Robert's there, people think, okay, now and we, he's we the have chief justice we, for a reason, right? We quote unquote, we have the court now it's now conservative, right? And, but people are now seeing that's not the case. And that's not the case. As long as Roberts is there and as long as he has the influence that he has, like one of the, one of the approaches, what you said, what Roberts is taking is, they're just not taking the cases at all, mm -hmm. or they're you know kind of taking the no comment mm -hmm. thing and passing on. You got the other justices going, "Hey, you're an idiot. We're supposed to take these cases." They're right. basically blasting Roberts, uh, but hey, no guarantee as long as he's there. 
Yeah, so when we come back, we're going to talk about the constitutionality of it all. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment. We're talking about New York governor signing into law a, a, a mandate that abortion be performed. I, I, I have on our YouTube channel the headline available, but actually it's a mandate that abortion be performed up to n- full term, up to nine months. And at this point, I'm wondering why not. I mean, seriously, the law says if the abortion fails and the child is born, then you have to let the child die. So it's actually beyond nine months. It's post-birth. So if you, I think if you allow a child who has born alive to die, that's the same thing. It's, it's the same kind of murder. And so here's, here's the thing. The challenge will be, have to be based, these doctors will have to base this challenge on the New York Constitution. If there is an affirmation of a right to life in the New York Constitution, then they're going to have to be able to bring it under there. Because I have an article that I'm going to republish today called The Inalienable Right to Life. And... In the strictest sense of the words, legalizing abortion, as painful as it sounds, is not the purview of the federal government, but is a prerogative of the state. So the federal government has no jurisdiction over the definition of life, enforcing or not. Uh, But the state would have the prerogative to legalize or make abortion illegal. That's the whole argument that I've had from the get-go with the federal government mandating, uh, as they do, the abortion funding to the abortion clinics on the state level because the state has the prerogative to make abortion illegal. And if they have the prerogative to make abortion illegal, they have the prerogative to make it legal. But here's the principle that I want us to understand. We are supposed to live in a a place on this planet that is supposed to respect the life of people and that right to life as a natural right. And our governments on the state level, on the local level, are established to protect those rights. Remember, the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. I want you to notice that it does not say all men are born, but created with these natural rights. Not only that, our founders said that they were fighting for liberty for ages and millions yet unborn. Our founders said that time and time again, what they did to secure liberty, to to secure their independence, to secure liberty was not just for themselves, but for ages and millions yet unborn. And they pledged their lives, their fortune and their sacred honor for that. And in that declaration, they determined that the unborn 
The liberty of the unborn was worth dying for. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Was wasn't the Declaration of Independence codified into law? It was legally codified yes. as a part of our constitution or well, part of our federal framework. It was well. It was a matter of law. Actually, it was the Lee Resolution that was the law. But I mean, in right. addition to that, yeah. Congress itself, yes, codified because yes. people. You hear people say, well, Declaration of Independence, that's something separate. That's not really legally binding or not really part of the federal structure. Well, it's because they don't understand the history of our foundational documents. Congress literally did not have to codify the Declaration of Independence into but law, did. but they did. Okay. So you got the double. You argument. got the double. Ar you got the double reality. Right. Yeah. So the Continental Congress by ratifying the Lee Resolution, made the, made the crux of the Declaration of Independence law. So the Declaration of Independence was the declaration of a law that was ratified by the Continental Congress. Not only that, it was a legal requirement as British citizens under Clause 61 of the Magna Carta to bring forward this document. So it was legal confirmation of what what our Continental Congress declared through the Lee Resolution, ratified through the Lee Resolution, it was a legal requirement satisfied uh, at, by British law. So you have, you have so many legal aspects around the Declaration of Independence. If it had no legal standing, then we're still part of Britain. Then we're still part of Britain. That's absolutely right. So listen, go to chrisannhall.com, read the article, The Inalienable Right to Life, and understand why America should choose life.